A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Not gonna lie, Josh Brown, this could be the intro. We don't know what this podcast is. It's not the news lads anymore because the news lads have gone have gone south. They've gone home for the winter. <laughs> They've uh, spread themselves, spread their wings, and now any news based content will just be its own separate video, which means that we get to talk about more things across more videos, more of the time. Well, yeah, I mean, look, you know, as much as I enjoy doing the news lads, I think it does make sense because in every single episode of the news lads, we'd say, well, we just mentioned in this video or we mentioned the <laughs> other day. We cover the news too much to make it its own individual topic, I think, Scott. But you know what? I don't mind. I don't mind doing anything as long as it's with you on this oh, podcast same every way. Monday. You might say with the news lads that we leapt in and called it the news lads and kept going, made some artwork, got some news, got it going before we cleared it with anybody. And now it has to be changed. So, you know, not to worry. It's just the way the world works. But um, in the in hindsight, in uh, or in the reality of splitting a lot of the news stuff out, um, it frees up a little slot that we can call our own. We don't have a name for this. And um, we did spend most of this morning trying to think of some way to title this. Um, we got close, I think close, with expansion chat. But then that's also... <laughs> I don't know if that's actually terrible. So we're not going to title this one and we'll just see what people say. If you want to give us a name for uh, whatever me and Josh's banter could be called, please give us a shout over on uh, social media um, because this show is going to be in addition to the regular podcast uh, goes out on Wednesday and then we've got the Untitled Banter Pod on Friday. Um, But all of this is to say that I thought me and you could have a little bit of a reminisce on just EA and Star Wars because it's kind of wrapped now, now that all the uh, Lucasfilm games have come back and they've sort of handled... Um, you know, various sort of Lucas-based properties and handing them all out. It kind of bookends EA's time with the Star Wars IP. Um, so I guess initial thoughts before I start breaking some stuff down. How what, what words come to mind when you think of EA's time with Star Wars? Vacuum of crack. I don't know, man. Like, when it comes to EA's tenure with this license, it's just, it's just so weird. Like, we had, what, seven in a bit years of exclusivity with them. Yes. We got some good games, but I feel like the promise, what they promised back in the day, back in 2013, 2012, or whenever it was when they picked up the license, mm-hmm. just completely outshone what we got. And yeah, I love Bob Battlefront 2 became, yes, I love Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I love Bob Battlefront. He's a Bob good lad. Yeah, what a good lad. Bob Battlefront. 
Ian Jedi Fallen Order, both great lads in my opinion. <laughs> um, but I mean, they messed up, didn't they, for the most part? They just rushed out Battlefront 1. They um, completely killed Battlefront 2 dead in the water when it first came out with all the microtransaction stuff. Mm-hmm. They canned some of the most promising titles like Visceral's game. I know these are way more many words than you ask for, but when it comes to Star Wars, it's just, it's it's such a controversial thing and it shouldn't have been it should have been a home run Scott yeah. it should have been an open goal but they just managed to miss kick it like Beckham just like sky it straight over the bar and, <laughs> I feel uh, like of all the, the IP of all the different franchises that you could reapproach across the 2010s I mean remember do you remember when we first got word that Star Wars was coming back I was still working at What Culture but it was right at the beginning I think you would have been a, you would have been a freelancer or something back then but I remember and I don't think you know, I think I was okay. even even later to that that's how long it's been because I remember when uh, our bo- my boss uh, our boss rather sent me the picture of it was that first shot of everybody sitting next to each other where it was like Mark Hamill and Anthony Dan Daniels and all the new people and Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. And it was like, oh my God, it's coming back. And, and I wrote it for the website at the time. I was like, oh my God, I'm getting to like break that there's new Star Wars. Not that I'm leading the story, but you know what I mean? And um, thinking back to then, it was like, well, they've got so much to pull from. They've got all the different TV series and the comics. And obviously there's the old school movies and the prequels went wrong. So surely they'll know how to do it properly. And then on the game side, it was like, well, EA's just signed this deal with Disney um, and EA is going to be going forward with stuff. And back then, EA weren't really they were very negative. Like it was like, they, they're the guys that did the Lord of the Rings games and they, they'd already, you know, helped sort of, they used their powers for good. They made the Simpsons games and the Bond games and this will be brilliant. And then like, as I've made notes for this little chat, like, you know, they did two games in six years. It took them, like they did the Battlefront one, which like you said, was really, really rushed. Um, and it just, that whole thing was to the rush to the point where the version of Rogue One's DLC that's in there was like based on assets that were from the original version of the movie because it got yeah. recut and it's a whole thing. And there's a whole mission based. It's just, it seems like <clears throat> prioritizing the multiplayer stuff so much for that 2015 one. Obviously, they didn't have a campaign for it. And then Battlefront 2, that had the whole gambling casino for kids thing. But either way, um, it wasn't until 2019 that you got Jedi Fallen Order and then Star Wars Squadrons last year, um, which we can get back to them in a sec. Because um, for me, I feel like whoever's at the top of like organizing all this stuff hated the idea that Jedi Fallen Order and Squadrons were not recurrent spending models because yeah. neither of those games got any marketing whatsoever, especially Squadrons. You would barely even know it was out. Um, I think it's just insane. And so when I look back on those years, it's just... I don't know. It, it took it took all of Battlefront Two for before like the behemoth of uh, EA even recognized there was a problem. Otherwise, they would have just monetized the living hell out of it. It's 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 so weird the way EA approached it because you know it almost felt like they were carrying this license as a burden. They weren't using <laughs> it to um you know make great games or even make a lot of money. You know what I mean? They just felt like they had to turn out these games and even towards the end when they were cancelling titles you know the reports from Kotaku or whatever they were saying that executives were apparently just going look cancel this big project work <laughs> on some, work on some small ones get those out right. you know we'll do it as cheaply as money. possible and what a strange approach to have like why would you just want to fart something out when you could be making really great games that people um love like they just drop the ball over and over again and yes mm-hmm. it is part to, partly to do with the trajectory the company was on in general. You know, it's not in isolation to the Star Wars brand. You look across their studios and they're going to people like Bioware and going, literally going, where's our FIFA? Where's your FIFA? You know, give me (laughs) FIFA, give me Ultimate Team. So in that kind of type of culture, I think Star Wars just kind of got swallowed up in a case of mismanagement and developers not knowing what they could 
do with it. And mm-hmm. it is telling that, you know, the likes of Fallen Order, even though it didn't get as much of a push as a Battlefront, like it sold really well. It sold beyond EA's own internal expectations, even and it mm-hmm. resonated with fans. And it kind of just showed them to me what they should have been doing, you know, all along, what Visceral's game could have been, what any of these potential titles could have capitalized on and become a huge success. It reminds me so much of just how Square Enix handled the Avengers, you know, like they give right, this right. massive property. It looks like an open goal. And yet what's produced is mishandled and ultimately kind of weirdly soulless. Like even though these franchises, these big IPs, like they're obviously these 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 money making machines but mm-hmm. i would argue even even the sequel trilogy you know has a lot of personality to it has some soul to it in a way something like marvel's the avengers just doesn't in in the way that something like the first battlefront just is lacking in it's mm. it's odd yeah the thing that i miss the most is just full-on genre diversity like i, I whenever i think of two when i think of star wars and 2000s games i mean me i think of Je- the jedi knight games i think of jedi uh, power battles on the ps1 and um, i think of like the big top-down rts strategy games i forget the hell they were actually called but i remember seeing my friends play them and it's just i immediately think of that variety of stuff like star wars bounty hunter and knight of the old republic and like all these titles that you know you put them right next to each other and they're immediately differentiable like you know like i went back to bounty hunter the other day because i was like watching mandalorian and i was like i want to shoot some lads with a wire yeah. and then drag them along the floor and you can't do that but i thought you could, I thought you could. <laughs> so i played it for a little bit and it's all right but either way it's a third person thing and you know next to kotor it's like you know within the space of a few years i mean i think i, I just googled this before but like bounty hunter was 2002 uh, i think kotor was around about 2006 ish um you know and you still had like just it just the approach i mean obviously it was because it wasn't tied to ea but like still i, I kind of thought they would have done that they would have just said well we we have access to these rights we're still going to make an absolute mint anyway we're still ea we have tons of teams under our wing um but they didn't i mean one of the cancelled games was they had criterion uh working on the remnants of project orca which is like a big open world thing that they initially had ea vancouver on and then they canned that and then they gave um they restarted it with criterion and some remaining members of ea vancouver and they called it project viking so it's like why did you have criterion working on assuming like a racing game or something vehicle based um because there was even i'm just thinking of stuff now there was even was it star wars demolition was like their take on like twisted metal they did like oh, a whole maybe. vehicle car, car combat thing. And it's like, yeah, okay, maybe that's not going to make as much as Battlefront. But all those titles cumulatively probably would have got up there. Like you could have had a really cool polished car combat game or a vehicular thing, which they kind of got back to with Squadrons. But just wasting these teams that they have under their wing and, and sticking to one type. It's like, okay, what's the most money we can make? First person shooter. What's what's a recurrent spending model? A card-based um, you know, loot shooter thing. Let's do that. And then just... It just seems so empty. Like I, I Googled the other games that they canceled and alongside Project Orca and Project Viking were the two titles from Visceral, um, which, you know, Project Ragtag, it's the thing that Amy Hennig was working on, follow up to, you know, the person who created Uncharted and Legacy of Kane. You had her under your wing and you canceled that game and then you shut down the studio. So it's like the two games from Visceral were uh, Yuma and Project Ragtag and both of them got canceled and then they shuttered Visceral as well. So it's yeah. like... Even if you're doggedly in the pursuit of endless money, I just don't know how you look that many gift horses in the mouth, punch them and put them down instead. I know. I mean, the biggest one, you know, in my opinion, is one that we were talking about for years before it was finally rumored earlier today that Knights of the Old Republic is coming back. Mm. But I mean, you're EA, you have Bioware right there making (laughs) Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda when they could be making 
a new Knights of the Old Republic, you know, a new like single player RPG focus, not an MMO, you know, a proper sequel to what they'd started before. And it's like, why, why did that never even enter the, <laughs> we, we greenlit all these other games and yet you never even gave that a chance to be prototyped. I don't understand the approach of it i mean look you know if you go back through the history of star wars games like you said there is huge variety but i'm not going to sit here and pretend that i loved every one of the lucas arts games you know what i mean i didn't love the, like the vast majority of them or whatever but but mm. i did appreciate that they were trying different stuff all the time you could like you said have a bounty hunter alongside a nice of the old republic alongside the force unleashed alongside, alongside super bombard racing josh brown yeah, you know that pod, pod racing, you know, like, you know, whatever you want. There was a bunch of stuff being flung at the wall. It was all oh. distinctly Star Wars, you know? Yep. It was all it was all really interesting and fascinating and full of variety, mate. It was good. I just I I just burst, I just popped for a sec there because you said the racer <laughs> thing. And I forgot about those games. I rebought episode one racer on my switch. It's brilliant. They abreast it <laughs> and it's like it's nice and crisp and it runs at like 60 FPS. And it's just why was there not? Why did they not? Oh my god, all the thoughts. Why did they not get Criterion to do a pod racing game? That would have been the best thing ever. You could have had burnout style takedowns with like you sideswipe a guy and it cuts to him as all the engine parts fly off. Well, what were they, Scott, what were they doing, the, mate? The, well, the reason is to nick a, a phrase from one Jim Sterling. That wouldn't have made them all the money in the world. You know what I mean? That yeah. might have made them some money, but it's not going to be a smash hit that a first-person shooter <sighs> fight transaction riddle battlefront is potentially going to be. And I think that's the issue. And that's what I'm looking forward to in this new era of Star Wars. Mm. That, you know what? I want EA to continue making Star Wars games. Because like I said, they've made some good ones. And I do hope that they have at least recognized why it didn't take off in the mistakes they made. I want to see a Jedi Fallen Order 2. I even want to see a Battlefront 3. Um, but I'm really excited to see other developers, other publishers get their hands on the material and allow other people to make, you know, Insomniac Spider-Man, but for Star Wars. You know, I want right, to see right. that happen in one form or another with a Mandalorian game or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just hope that they pick Lucas Lucasfilm games. I hope that they pick good and um, partners, good collaborators yeah, I mean, to bring these to life. It feels like a lot of this whole mandate is to sort of right the ship in that regard. Like it's it's to restore quality. It's because it, it, it's it's so easy. I mean, Battlefront Two came back so strong. Like I would highly recommend Battlefront Two today. Um, like I think it is one of the best Star Wars games ever made now. But it took a long time to get there. Like at least a year or two before it was. They completely stripped out all the microtransaction stuff and they made an actual decent progression system and a good unlock system. But at least that game's visuals and all that kind of stuff was always kind of held up. But Overall, though, like going forward, like let's talk about like prediction stuff and I guess like where we're at with Star Wars because we're both lifelong Star Wars fans. And I think we both, I don't know if we, we ended up, we obviously, we fracked, me and you fractured after The Last Jedi because obviously. <laughs> and then um, Rise of Skywalker, I think both of us were like, oh God, this is like yeah. corporately mandated box ticking stuff, which I did, I, whatever, I didn't like, I didn't like Rise of Skywalker at all. I've come to really appreciate Last Jedi. Not that I never did as an artistic statement before, but it wasn't for me. Um, but I think even after Rise, you can kind of hold Last Jedi up. Even more and be like oh my god at least this got made um point being though that going forward like one of the biggest things for battlefront 2 um was bringing back the prequel stuff like and just saying like hey it's okay to be fans of these movies because there's an entire generation of people who love the prequels um and it wasn't until all those uh, levels and ships and characters got added to battlefront 2 that i saw so like the the, the paradigm sort of shifted around the prequels and it was okay to say you like the prequels um which having gone back to them uh, recently they the dialogue they, they just don't <laughs> 
don't just don't listen to anything anyone says. But at least uh, the fights are brilliant. Whatever. There's there's a lot of positives for them. Point being though, um, do you ever think that they will do that thing for the sequel trilogy, for the newest trilogy? Do you think there's salvageable stuff there to build games around, or do they play the nostalgic vote and almost do what Mandalorian is doing and just saying, hey, don't worry, come, it's comfort blanket time. Let's do old school stuff. I think we'll get a mix. I mean, the sequel trilogy, for me, there's still plenty of salvageable aspects in there. There's plenty Mm. of interesting characters, plenty of interesting worlds to follow in video games. You could do a Kylo game. I want to see Adam Driver's lovely face headlining a video (laughs) game. I don't think he'll ever come back. I think him (laughs) and Oscar Isaac have literally ran for the hills. Like they'll they'll do anything other than go back to Disney, but yeah. John Boyega too, I think. I yes. think most, to be fair, most of the sequel <laughs> cast is like, no, nah, I think I think I'm all right on that one, big mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse. Um, but when it comes to like the prequel stuff, I think that is fascinating because, like you said, with Battlefront Two bringing back the prequel era, like we've seen that much more in the general Star Wars media scape now. That kind of almost rehabilitation of the prequels because mm. I, I remember I'm old enough to remember when that was just the most obvious punching bag, obvious comedic open goal on the yep. planet, like if you were doing a comedy YouTube video on the prequels, even as like late as 2010, that was easy hits. But I noticed, you know, for me, the big realization that people, you know, love them, genuinely love them was around the time of The Last Jedi and people were talking mm. up how, how much they love the prequels because obviously loads of people, myself included, grew up with them as Star Wars. And now I do think we've had the kind of this reflective lens that's been long enough where we've had the sequel trilogy, we've had a bunch of spin-offs, we've had solo a Star Wars story. We've kind of cast our mind back. I that even happened. But yeah. Exactly, mate. We've kind of cast our mind back and gone, the prequels <clears throat> are not great movies, but they had great things in them. They had a lot of um, ambitious ideas. George Lucas might not be the most competent filmmaker, but like... He did bring a lot to the table. And a lot of that stuck. And a lot of that is worth interrogating and, you know, recontextualizing with series like The Mandalorian or sequels or video games or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's off limits when it comes to video games. And I would kind of, I'd want to see them do something interesting with the prequel era. I don't know what I'd want them to do with it. But if you do like a story game based in that time period, I would love it. Because I will tell you this, as much as, there have been great games set between episodes, you know, um, three and four, and now mm. between um, six and seven. Like, I'm sick of those in-between periods, man. Like, there's only really? stuff you can do in that liminal space. Like, it's cool from the stuff we've got, but you can't just keep setting stories in there because it's just like, <laughs> how packed was this time period, this small in-between, yeah. in-between time period? Like, I understand why they've always gone to that, but for me, I'm like, you've got scope. You can do anything you want, man. You don't need to be limited to just those small finite eras the thing that the thing that it's interesting um reappreciating the prequels because i think they got so reappreciated in amongst the disney era because we were so starved for genuinely original ideas and i think that that kind of goes for a lot of media especially in video games where it's just the biggest most safest bet is the only one that gets placed and i think that there's there's almost a retroactive premium on like you look back at the prequels and it's like how the hell did he get to make that he did this insane like uh, allegory for sort of like hitler's rise to power through the guise of palpatine and senators and everything else and like had so much politics stuff in episode especially in episode two um that i feel like now would just get completely severed by a studio even like especially disney um would just be like well this isn't going to work for the kids so let's cut that out um but i mean then that kind of gives it this like sort of retroactive value because we've got across the board we've got so far away from new ideas and everything's just safe at least it feels like that way to me like when this is a separate thing but like when indiana jones got announced the new game i just Mm -hmm. went Oh, okay. yeah, sure. I just sort of cringed and went, oh, God, like, can you not can you not do a new character that happens to have yeah. a whip and go, oh, it's inspired by Indiana Jones, but we're going to do a new thing. 
Nathan Drake. So we can't have another person inspired. But he's good at it. Nathan Drake's house. lovely. He's got all these little phrases and everything. He's got new stories. Oh, oh, he's got he's got an iconic hat or whatever. Oh, I just don't. Oh yeah. Oh, it's always snakes. I just oh, just make something new. But um... <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Anyway, the um, point, yeah, to sort of roll that back around to like the newer movies, like, you know, you sort of said like, yeah, like that is like furtive ground. Do you see them doing a Battlefront 3 that leads with those movies? Uh, like, is it just too early to try and pretend, quote unquote, that all three of those newer movies are as furtive ground as the prequels? Or is it just, I don't know, do they just sort of keep going with the old stuff and mind that again? I don't I'll still know. take think... a pod racer, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think with the new games, you can have like a blend, you know what I mean? I think it could mm. lead with the sequels. I mean, yeah, it didn't end on the greatest note, but like I said, man, there's still a lot of investment in those movies. Oh, I'll tell you story. what. I tell on. you what, Josh Brown, you said Go that on. you're not you're not a fan of the interstitial stuff, but what if yeah. they did something in between episodes seven and eight and you got to follow 
Luke more or between six and seven and you follow his degradation down or at least him him choosing to siphon himself off and you delve you really delve in naughty dog style into the uh philosophy of the jedi order and the all the him breaking away you've raised a a bigger question scott in my opinion (laughs) and that is do you want to see these games focus on you know the big legacy characters like luke and Mm. interrogate those Years was I mean I would love to see that I yeah. would definitely play the crap out of that game and I don't like it in Star Wars games where they sort of cameo people like Luke and Han and it feels weird it feels right. like they're either shoehorned in or they don't belong there or they're doing something weird and um, with the remember, canon remember sure Han Solo's with... beard in Battlefront yeah, Two he just popped up just, I've got got beard now just it was just a here. bad beard man it was <laughs> a good beard that's exactly what I was referring to I didn't want to throw the uh, devs under the bus for that one but that is exactly what I'm referring to but mm-hmm. I would love to see you know those legacy characters done well in video game form like i'd love to see a boba fett game i'd love to see if i would take a han solo scoundrel game you know what i mean i would mm. even take a han solo scoundrel game with alden ehrenreich's han solo as the lead you know what, what? i mean because oh, no that could be all right no it scott it could be okay they <laughs> could do a better prequel in video game form than well, yeah, I tell you what, right? film could in movie version. I tell you what's an interesting thing for all the interstitial stuff. It's weird because I'm I'm going through Clone Wars at the minute. I've never watched it before, and um, well, I, I saw little tiny bits of it back in the 2000s, and I was like, oh, this isn't for me. And then um, just over the years, again, this whole retroactive premium on, on originality on on the Lucas era, whatever. I was like, I'm going to watch Clone Wars, and um, and it is weird how much Clone Wars makes you want to watch Episode two and three, and it, it, like you know, it retro it, it gives a lot more weight to the likes of Grievous and Dooku, um, and their relationship and what they're going for and it fleshes out a lot of the like the wider galactic battles that are going on around the clone wars like planetary stuff like specific species and specific um uh <clears throat> ways that like these different sort of species were living and how the uh, the empire affects them or the, the potential empire affects them and that sort of stuff i was like oh that's that's a really cool hand to play like that's a weird thing and obviously it's dave filoni uh or filoni and like um you know now with the mandalorian it's like there's obviously sort of like still slotting things in and retroactively you can enhance that body of work you can enhance the prequels by bringing all this stuff in like anakin divorced from hayden christensen's performance is a really great character and mm-hmm. it's like i mean he's still solid enough in the prequels on paper but obviously the acting those scenes the things that we <laughs> saw weren't great and so there is a lot to sort of deal with, but I, I wonder how much the games can do that stuff too. And I guess that would also be, I don't even know if they still have the whole Star Wars um, story group. You know, they had those five dudes that were going to be yeah, overseeing yeah. everything that as soon as Last Jedi yeah. came out, it was like, well, I guess not then. Cause like um, <laughs> Ryan Johnson just did his thing, which is great. He was allowed to do that, but still it wasn't bounced off this like, you know, think tank. And I kind of wonder if the, if the games going forward are going to plug in it, essential character building stuff, do they have to go through some, weird cross medium think tank to make sure it's the right type of star wars or whatever like is disney going to get in the way of this stuff well we we don't know the full story but i know there was a report that came out after jedi fallen order came out uh where um i I can't remember who wrote it it doesn't doesn't really matter where someone was like talking about the development of it and how much they had to bounce off like lucasfilm in terms of their design about how they even had to convince you know, Disney and Lucasfilm to allow them to make a Jedi game to begin with because apparently they pitched it and then they were like, well, why do you want to do that? Don't do that. We're very kind of um, protective of people who, you know, use the Jedi in video games, especially as main characters. Do you know, what, do you know what's hilarious, Josh Brown? Do you, know how much, so do you know how much 2020 has messed with your mind? That was me. 
That was my report from when me and Ewan talked to the people who were making Jedi Fallen Order. Or oh my we got God. the exact same <laughs> Yeah, we Unreal. got the exact same thing. When, uh, when me and Ewan went down to London and we played um, Fallen Order for the first time, I asked that exact question because I was so curious how much free reign they had. And as I asked him and I said, how much did you guys have to bounce stuff off um, like, you know, the Lucas company? And his face just went, oh, everything like he was just like every <laughs> single thing like and he said like ev- everything like the design of a ship every way someone's going to say something it all has to be it's like a feedback system they sort of go we're going to change this and you send it off at the end of the day and then they tell you back in the morning and then you change it again so yeah carry on but it was that well no i'm just saying that like obviously it's you know it takes a lot of effort you know not just to build a great star wars game but to get all of this stuff approved you know to make sure it is the type of star wars that the people who own star wars actually want and i assume that will be really difficult if you are going to use like legacy characters as your main heroes like i imagine the process of getting a luke skywalker game greenlit and made for instance would be just ridiculous and how many story revisions you're gonna have to do how many character revisions you're gonna have to do (laughs) to make sure everything is approved so i wonder whether that's why we see so many of these um interstitial games and i wonder if we see anything have you been keeping up with the um the high republic at all because that's a whole era that disney and lucasfilm is now like ushering in and I, they have mentioned video games in the past so i mm-hmm. do imagine that we'll, we'll see some high republic set games and that's cool because i don't know anything about that a lot of well i love the um there's the stuff that bioware did i think that's the old republic there's like all the yes. there's the cutscenes that bioware put together where it's it's really badass like there's all these crazy super uh, extremely over-the-top anime style star wars fights backflips and catching lightsabers midair and lots of really cool stuff those bioware cutscenes are absolutely badass um so i know like vaguely of that but like to me my sort of like cynical brain when they announced they were doing that it was like oh it's set i think it's 800 years before or a 600 years before or something like that which is a few hundred years yeah the the new movies like the whole the whole new thing it's like a few hundred years before and my cynical brain was just like okay so you're getting as far away you're going back over as much as possible it's like we're not going forward because we have no idea what we're doing with with the 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 first order and and all that stuff so we're just going to go backwards until a time of purity when it was like these are your good guys these are your bad guys and then we go with that um, I assume though that that well that is way more furtive ground for video games because it's way more cut and dry as to who you should play as and and flesh it out that way. So I guess it it lends itself more to games that way. I would like to see more original characters. You know, I mean, Kyle Katarn mm. was such a like a, a big sort of presence. You know what I mean? And now we've got um, Cal Kestis from Jedi Fallen Order and stuff yeah. like that. These are really interesting and fascinating characters to follow. So I wouldn't be entirely against it if the video games were allowed to be, you know, like these original pieces playing with someone else's toys, you know what I mean? I think that does bolster creativity as well because it's not someone just going to a bunch of devs because they've just signed a contract. Like here's a bunch of established characters that I don't care. I don't care if you like them, you know what I mean? You're gonna have to play with them. Here's yeah. a bunch of worlds that you need to get in there. He's a bunch of mandatory features or set pieces or whatever, like go for it. Again, like comparing it to the Avengers, that's how that game feels like it was made. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a fan of Tony Stark. We've got to have a game with Tony Stark in it, so do your best. Right. Maybe if you just sit, give a team um, the Star Wars license and go, like, you have carte blanche or as much as you can get past Lucasfilm Story Group or whatever to make an original game. You can build your own characters. You can flex within the space. Like, maybe that's a better approach to take rather than be like, He's a bunch of iconography, you know. He is that <laughs> dude with the weird beard. He's back, Han Solo, you know him. That's the thing um, that worries me a bit with Star Wars or makes me feel like I've seen it all because when when you've seen the end of Mandalorian season two or you yes. know 
the thing. When I that happened, it. I couldn't believe it was happening because I, I didn't know it was coming at all. I didn't read any story spoilers. It was just happening in real time. I was watching the episode and I literally said, they haven't. Like, no. And I couldn't believe it. And there was a mix. I had a mix of, oh my God, that's really cool that they're doing it. And then, but also that's the easiest, safest thing you could have done. Like that is the most direct fan service you could have done. Um, and obviously we're talking about Luke Skywalker returning. And then I was like, when he took the hood off, I thought the deep fake face, fake face thing didn't look great. And I kind of wonder about that stuff. And it's like, I don't want Star Wars to be limited. And something like that, as much as it's a macular fan service, if you're into it, felt um, not earned in a way. Like it just felt too mm. easy to, to go down that route. And I, I don't know, I don't want it to always be that stuff. And like you say, you mentioned like the classic characters and they can they can steer into that stuff, but it's like, what is Star Wars now? Like we have the, we have two, at least two specific ideas of what Star Wars is. There's like, there's an entire swath of people who hated the prequels. There's an entire swath of people who grew up with them who are like, no, we like this stuff and we want to flesh this side of the, the timeline out. And it's like that idea of like pleasing Star Wars fans. Well, we've got 40 years now of like mm-hmm. people growing up with it. Um, no, 50 years now? 50, 50 years. Well, yeah, like it's well, closer to that. Years, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just uh, that idea of like, you've got so many potential, like, you know, nodes to hit to like please people that I just, I wonder how that goes. I guess on the, to bring it back to the game side too, like, I guess alongside that stuff, do you think the age of the microtransaction side of it is gone as well? Do you think that's too no poisoned way. our well? No, no way. From <laughs> the um press release that the Lucasfilm Games, such a strange name. Why would you name a game just, company Lucasfilm Games? Yeah, just be LucasArts. Yeah. LucasArts, Lucas Games, anything that doesn't make me <laughs> fall off myself trying to say it. Um, no, but when they were talking about the Ubisoft game, like they even referenced um, that they want people to be investing in these games for like hundreds of hours, which Ugh. to me means that they want, you know, live services and microtransactions and stuff. And I think if you give it to a company like Ubisoft, especially the first one, mm-hmm. like you know what you're going to get from them. You're going to get a an open world big game that has microtransactions in it, you know, not as egregious as the year with Battlefront 2, but certainly you're going to have, you're not going to be like shying away from them. You're not going to make a single player focused, only one and done experience. You know what I mean? In my Mm -hmm. opinion, from the way that they were talking and the quotes that, you know, you can pull from it. And it just, it just felt like they were wanting to chase the, the next big thing as I'm sure we'll, that won't be every single game, but I don't think suddenly just because EA is off the Star Wars license that we're going to get microtransaction free games that are character driven right. and, you know, for the player or anything no, like no. that. It's just, it's just, that is a wider problem with gaming overall. Like it's just every big title. It's like, well, you're going to play this for 50 to a hundred out. No, I'm not. I'm never going to, I might <laughs> give you one run through like a Witcher three, a cyberpunk, like, you know, like an 80 to a hundred hour game, if it's a big enough deal, but how many different ones of those titles can the average person juggle? Like the, the opinion from, from up top seems to be like, well, you can juggle all this stuff and we are yeah. the only game. Like the division is like the only third person shooter. So you dedicate all your time to that. And I just think that if you're maximizing, literally if you go down the, the business mode business mentality for it then the brand is valuable so it's like why wouldn't you make a series of 10 to 15 hour games that you can sell for 40 to 50 pounds if you want and as long as the gameplay is enjoyable enough it's replayable enough there's a set of mechanics in there or whatever then that will make you more money overall well i don't i don't know man because you can look at something like fallen order which was for the most part really good about all of that stuff Mm -hmm. and that sold really well like i said it, it beat expectations but even then, I bet it didn't make $2 billion in revenue like Call of Duty made last year, you know what I mean? In part, <laughs> thanks to the microtransactions from Warzone and Cold War and um, mm. anything else. And FIFA was obviously second on that list of yeah. highest grossing, most profitable games. I think they made um, over $1 billion last year. 
So, yeah, I mean, you're looking at, you know, Jedi Fallen Order, which, yeah, might sell 12 million copies, make a lot of money, but I'm sure the people at the very top are like, well, we could have our own Call of Duty, couldn't we? We could, well, that's, we could that's really what they, push that. We wanted that's to. what they keep chasing. Like you mentioned the Avengers, that's what they were chasing entirely. Like yeah. the loot system in that is invisible because clearly it was added way after everything else was done because they want that little hamster wheel recurring spending model thing. But I just, at some point, the people at the top of these particular you know, companies, the decisions being made are in the industry for the wrong reasons. Like if it's literally just to add zeros to your bottom line, I, I get that. Like obviously, and to some degree, you're telling business people to not do business, um, especially if the um, the average gamer, the mainstream audience is responding to it to the tune of billions of dollars. Yeah. But there's also a way, hopefully a way to make that palatable, like and, and not have it nickel and dime you left, right and center when you're just trying to enjoy a game. But as you know, Star Wars is in a precarious place. And I think that it's weird having Battlefront 2, everyone kick off at that so much. You would assume means that they would avoid that stuff for a while. Yeah. But is that while just the last two years already, the last three years, I guess. Um, and now it's going to be like full bore Battlefront 3 and it's get your deluxe ray skin. This one's great. <laughs> It could be, man. Like it's uh, like not to put it down on it right at the very end of the podcast, but I'm <laughs> I'm excited for the future of Star Wars in the in the video game space. Like I said, mm, I'm so same. pleased that EA continues get to, to make their games, but we also get to have new experiences from a bunch of different publishers, a bunch of different developers. But at the same time, I also shared the same excitement when EA got the exclusive license, and I said, <laughs> "Well, EA is a really good publisher. They make really high profile, big budget games. They've got great um, developers under their wing. They've got Dice. They've got Visceral." they got Bioware mm-hmm. who knows what they could come up with they failed me back then and it could fail again now but I've got to be optimistic this could be Scott Telford a new hope is all I'm saying <laughs> boom 1977 a new hope this the is what EA Empire strikes <laughs> Again, I think we will close on a on a potential dream project. We'll call it out right now, and we'll we'll reconvene at the end of the next generation and see if this came true. What's your one Star Wars game you want to come true? It can be a genre, it can be a particular developer, it can be a particular character you want to see. What do you want to see from this new era? Because for me, I want a pod racing game. I want a proper physics based nice. Wreckfest style pod racing game because I love Wreckfest so much. I'm good. I didn't play it earlier. I should have championed that game for years at this point because it's brilliant. Sure, man. And I would totally have a pod racing game, but just had immaculate physics, give, get, get Criterion to do it, make it lightning fast, and make the takedowns brutal as hell. That's sick, too fair. That. Oh. I would buy that. I would buy that for £70. But for me, <laughs> off the top of my head, it's pretty basic. And I've just spat all over myself. I'm really Good. sorry. No one can see this, but I just wanted you to know that I did run. that. Um, because it's a Mandalorian game, obviously. Even though <laughs> I don't love, love the Mandalorian. I think it's just so perfect for fine, a video yeah. game adaptation. But I want Remedy to make it because those guys oh. are so good at third-person combat, man. And I want the Mandalorian's bounty hunter skill set to just be allowed to play in the Remedy tools of destruction play box map. Interesting. That See, going with Remedy makes me think of Jedi powers because in Control, she can just wrench a chunk of concrete off the wall and fling True. it at a dude's face. And I kind of wonder if that should be okay. the way. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing <laughs> my mind. That's good. That's good. So I'm going to defer to a bounty hunter game still made by the people who made Max Payne 3. There I want is. the physicality 
of that <laughs> game's excellent shooting mechanics. That would be lovely. I would take um, slow motion laser blasts as well, like that weird face deformation tech that Max Payne 3 had. <laughs> Give me that out of Star Wars game. Um, but yes, let us know what you think of the, I guess, the future of Star Wars and also EA's uh, time with Star Wars in review um, because I guess going forward, well, hopefully going forward, we'll get a whole bunch of more positive projects. Um, but for now, I've been Scott Taylor. This has been something joined by Josh Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed it, you know. I don't know what it is. But oh. I've enjoyed my time with it, you know. Yeah, possibly an expansion chat. We'll let you know next week. Till then, yes. we'll catch you then. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>